0: This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit NICUconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal.
1: This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion
0: So this morning, our first guests are Dr. Anthony Piazza, Dr. Jean Palotto, and Dr. Beverly Brozanski. And our first topic is about the multifold QI initiatives of the CHNC. So it seems like QI was really a pillar of, you know, the original thoughts behind the CHNC. Tell us about that.
1: Who's going to take this first?
0: <laughs> well,
2: we started um, in... What was it, 2011? Um, and uh, with CHNC, with Blackboard's 25 centers lab, uh, with the database. And we knew it would take at least two years to get people trained, put data in, and then get the data out. So we really thought that we'd have to have some value, provide value to our, to our leaders, leaders in the hospital. So. And new these Central Line Associated and Infections, were important. And so we decided we would do a QR project. And as you know, the um, QR was really a very early semantics at that point. Gee, the IHI had just done their first improvement wave in 2006, yeah. I think. And um, so we actually went to Cincinnati. And we have a day long training, and I think the three of us were booked. <laughs> right.
1: Yep. And so that so, that yes.
2: initial project, that was the slug boat. Yes. Said, yes. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Why is it important for us to do QI? I think there's there's um, the era of randomized control trial has I think ended, and now it's more of a hybrid where randomized control trial are still very important, but there's a, a big incentive to do QI initiatives. Um, what 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 is the importance of that?
3: Well, I would say with the quality improvement, we're learning from the evidence that's there and then right. translating that to really making the difference in improved care for the patients, either safety, outcomes, all, all of the above. So really mobilizing all of the centers that we have in CHSL to do that work together has really empowering. Mm -hmm. Um, We learn from each other and then we're seeing that translate to better care for the patients.
4: Right. Well, I would also say that it pushes the quality improvement science as well in that it becomes more acceptable as an academic career as, um, as in publications. And I would just go back to what Bev was introducing us to all our projects were challenged by each one. We kind of, have this infrastructure, but then each project we've done has challenged us in what QI means and how to involve different people in, in collaboration.
1: Yeah, there's there's something very realistic about QI where it's measured at the bedside in a very matter-of-fact manner, um, and that presents its challenges. Um, how has the CHNC worked on helping people learn how to do good QI? Because I think there's always bad, bad research <laughs> and good research.
2: Yeah. I'll start with that. I think um, what we have done is is based the infrastructure on the Institute for Healthcare Improvement's model framework. That is our infrastructure. And together, the three of us, along with the steering committee, developed a roadmap to follow, and we really adhere to that roadmap. So we start with an evidence-based practice that we distribute to sellers, and then we ask them to from that evidence-based practice, the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. And we ask the local teams to do those things and monitor the compliance. And then we all follow outcome exactly. So I think the beauty of it is that everybody's different. And everybody has to figure out what they can do at their local center. Mm-hmm. And we provide the support, or we hope to provide the support through faculty advisors through our steering
3: I was going to say, you mentioned like doing it, turning it around more quickly for the patient. So that's yeah. one thing that we're really focused on is following that data over time, um, helping teams see what's been happening each month so we can really do different interventions if we're not making the improvements that that we need. So really mobilizing, learning from each other and following it in real time and and really working to get those patient outcomes we're were targeting.
1: Would you say that it's about almost centralizing the experience, creating a body that has accumulated experience with QI initiatives over time so that if you are a novice, you can now pull on all this—not just the data, but the experience of this whole team of these steering committees—in order to stay on the right track and not veer off.
2: It's using the infrastructure,
1: right? Well, right,
2: that's key. Yeah. the that infrastructure that that developed that we're trying to spread across it.
4: Right. We also have um, significant educate, QI education within our monthly meetings. That you know is a is a, uh, a broad a number of centers and individuals with different levels of QI. So we have to address that. You'll meet Brianna um, here in a little bit. We take in our education to the next step with having a QI fellow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just kind of in our other forums of quality improvement, reviewing abstracts or posters, we really um, we talk amongst ourselves all the time, trying to really push whatever, um, group we're talking to, to really look at QI as a science and not just this pre-post kind of evaluation, but really look at processes and data a So that's,
0: that actually brings me to my next question. You all have managed to achieve like tremendous buy-in from uh, the institutions that are part of the consortium. I see that 70% of hospitals in the CHNC are participating in QI work. Um, and you talked a little bit about the education and the standardization um, of kind of how things roll out. But can you tell us a little bit more about how you're able to support teams and engage institutions to get this kind of buy-in?
3: I Honestly, you know, quality improvement is really a team sport. Mm-hmm. So we start with a group of experts from multiple hospitals. You try to pick a project that's important to multiple hospitals. And then we get those experts to really do a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. So then that can take some of that off teams and really put the metrics out there and put the background of the why for the metrics. Um, so just trying to do a lot of that centrally. Um, and then the most powerful part to me is the sharing and learning. People mm-hmm. are doing different things at different places
2: in the project and really learning from those high performers. You know, just to pull in a little bit of what Jane was talking about, and I think I think that one of the most on the duties of the agency is that we're all in this for the patient. Mm-hmm. And so and we're, all, we're not, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's really pulling people up and giving everybody a chance to participate and, 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 and have their name be known within their organization as a part of the quality collaborative. So I think I think people like that. They're really, they really feel that they're part of the improvement process. And I, I think all of the leaders within CHNC have done a really good job.
4: Bev mentioned the clinical practice recommendation, which is kind of the handbook for the evidence as we go into a into a project. And that clearly has the evidence behind whatever we're doing. So that's a great tool for people to learn from for that project. And then a lot of our platforms will have um, sharing of, of checklist tools or processes that can be adapted from place to place. And and so that transparency and collaboration is, is really key.
1: What's your favorite QI so far? The one either ongoing or that's completed a project that you thought, man, that's really cool. <laughs>
3: I'm gonna say slug bug is yeah. my favorite still. It was our first one. I learned a lot just in quality improvement. My daughter made the little logo. So uh-huh. when she was like ten
1: or T- Tell us what <laughs> is slug bug so that people don't assume that uh, it involves uh the clearing of slugs from the NICU. <laughs> um let's see if we can <laughs> Standardizing line. Oh no, you don't line have lines. <laughs> line. <laughs> standardizing <laughs>
3: line care under lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it has to do with central lines, basically. It has yeah. to do with eliminating
2: infection from what? separate central
1: lines. got it.
2: Well, I'll say that we were so excited about that first project and we had so much enthusiasm that our second collaborative actually had two projects. And I think that's um, one of my favorites because we were trying to keep babies warm in the post-operative period, Mm -hmm. step in next steps. We actually used that outcome. We, we took, I don't know, we did a 48% or so decrease in post the We mm-hmm. put that outcome into mm-hmm. the, newborn, the newborn section of the U.S. News and Barbara Hort. So we spread that across the country for all, this, all the centers that participate in U.S. News. And then the second part was handoffs. And that handoff was so wow. important because so many um, centers, neonatology groups, spread that post handoff to their PQs and the heart centers. Which, which was great to see yeah, that we yeah. were able to incite that enthusiasm around
4: right. I think mine was Slugbug as well. One reason was because I was such a novice at QI. So there was a huge learning curve. And on top of that, just kind of baseline learning curve to introduce orchestrated testing in QI mm-hmm. was pretty unique and have to work with some pretty amazing people um, working through that process. Right.
0: So, do you have any words of wisdom for teams that are working on their own QI efforts?
4: Collaboration, I think, mm-hmm. is the biggest word. Getting all your stakeholders, don't work in a silo, bring in everybody from the bedside nurse to your administrators to your trainees.
2: And don't underestimate the time it takes. You can see yeah. it time. <laughs> and you really have to align with your leaders. If you're the leaders of your unit, department, or division, don't believe in the project, you then then you won't necessarily have the support defined because you may not, as a QI leader, have the authority to make it happen.
1: Right. That's a good point. I
2: would just add follow a standardized process when yeah. you're getting going, because
3: I think it's easy to feel it, like it's easy and cut corners mm-hmm. on yes. kind of the science behind QI. And every time I've done that, it's last oh, So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, start with your charter and your driver diagram and defining your metrics be important.
1: So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be we'll be back for more. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nicupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the incubator org you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nicu podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns please see your primary care practitioner thank you